Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 90 of the Ask the Coach Show, where Ping Seals answers your table tennis questions. You can find all of our past shows on our website at www.pingskills.com slash table tennis blog. And while you're there, make sure to sign up for our free newsletter for lots of great table tennis tips. Anyone can ask us a table tennis question by visiting our website and using the Ask the Coach section. For this show, we take a selection of questions from there. Plus, you can ask a question live on the show by going to plus.google.com slash plus Find the current show and click on the Q&A button. Today, we're discussing fast blades with slow rubbers, the merits of playing on a small table, serve etiquette, and who is the best penhold player ever. As always, Super Coach Alois Rosario is with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alois. Morning, Jeffrey, and uh, we're into the nervous nineties. Nervous nineties, ninety shows—that's a lot, isn't it? Yeah, I know it's a lot of shows. We're 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 on, we're on the home stretch to the to the big century. Yes, indeed. Yes, so thanks everybody for your support. We're getting great feedback about the show, and it's nice to hear your thoughts and. It's great when everybody jumps in and leaves comments on the show, so keep doing that, guys. All right, Alois, we have, um, as always, some good questions. And um, let's start with yesterday's Ping Skillers question of the day, which was what playing conditions make a difference for you, the floors, the lights, the table? Yeah, for me, for me it was always the floors. I, I, um, I've, I found playing on a slippery floor really difficult because um, I used to rely on my movement a lot. Um, so, yeah, if the floor was slippery, I just felt really uncomfortable playing. I could adapt to um, could adapt to lights, I could adapt to tables, could adapt to balls, but, yeah, for me, floors was the thing that used to really get it. And that's why I really liked uh, the Taraflex or the rubberized matting when they brought that in because um, it gave you a good, good grip and a good... Uh, even surface to play on. So, yeah, for me, flooring. What about you, Jeff? Yeah, and I think that flooring, that bringing in that Terraflex standardised it as well. So if you know that all tournaments can use Terraflex, it's quite um, it's quite good. And at the international level, I guess they're doing that all the time now. But a lot of local clubs, there's still a lot of variation with wooden floors. And, yeah, I always found it hard when it was a slippery floor as well, Alois, because I did like to move around and play forehands as well. Um, one other thing I did find interesting was, yeah, moving from small halls to big halls um, wasn't a real big problem, but I always noticed a big difference initially, and it did take, you know, a little while to warm up and adjust to playing. If you were training, like, in a small hall and then went and played in a big hall or the opposite, I found it, um, yeah, it just took a little bit to adjust to. Yep. Uh, interesting. Uh, yeah, the, yeah the, yeah, the big halls were a big issue, weren't they? Because you know, most of the time um, we train in um, in little little rooms or little halls, and then um, having to go and play uh, bigger tournaments. You know, even if it's a local big tournament in a in a big gymnasium, it can make a big difference. So it's um, for those sort of things, it's really worth getting to um, your tournament venues early, um, and just if you get half an hour to an hour venue beforehand where you can just have a bit of a hit, start to get the feel and um, adjust to those sort of things. I think it really, really helps. So there's there's a tip for you. Good advice, Alois. 
All right, that moves us on to the Ping Skillers question of the day, which is, which player do you want to play like? So whose game do you want to emulate? Leave a comment, let us know. You can do that on our website. Go to pingskillers.com slash table tennis blog. Find this show and leave a comment. Love to hear from you. All right, now we talked a little bit about this yesterday, Alois, but the ITTF Legends Tour for 2015 is now finished. You want to tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, so uh, yeah, good, interesting results. So the winner was uh, Jean-Michel Save. Um, so he beat Jorgen in the final. So he beat Waldner in the semis, beat Jorgen in the final. So that's a that's a good effort. But but he's still quite an active player. So it does make a real difference if you're training regularly. Um, so yeah, he uh, he cleaned it up. Um, it was great to see Waldner playing again. You know, he's still got a little bit of the magic. Um, his hook. Uh, hook forehands and uh, and it's just impeccable blocking. So uh, yeah, good to see him. Um, the other one that that really surprised me was Gatien. So Gatien played beautifully, like uh, really uh, looks really fit. You know, still moving around and playing forehands and uh, and pivoting. So uh, it, I mean, it's difficult at that age to 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 maintain uh, the same type of game that you played when you were young, especially when you're relying on moving around a lot. You know, we saw with uh, Zhang Jialiang in the first round against Walby, Zhang uh, won two world championships in 1985 and 1987. And uh, and he just relied so much on his um, accurate hitting and moving around and using his forehand. He was a, a pinhole, um, short pimple um, attacker. So, um, yeah, and, and to maintain that type of game, when you're into your 50s is really difficult. So uh, yeah, a lot of players adjust to um, to a to an older style of game. You know, utilising both sides, uh, backhand and forehand, and being a little bit more passive. But yeah, Gatien looked great, just getting around and still getting in there and using his forehand and and uh, pivoting and half volleying. So yeah, good, really, really good to see. Good initiative by. Um, uh, the ITTF to get these guys out there and uh, and wheel them out again and uh, let us have a bit of a trip down memory lane. Absolutely, and definitely generated a lot of interest. And um, yeah, it's got to be good for table tennis. So well done, the ITTF. Um, on a related note, Brox asked about Waldner. He said he watched the tour yesterday and he saw Waldner lose, but he expected him to win. So. Was it something Waldner forgot to do, or is there something that made him lose? Brock wants to know if you've got any ideas on this. Yeah, he forgot to practice five days a week for the last couple of years. That's what he forgot to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whereas yeah. Sam has been practicing more, I imagine, being an yeah, active player. Yeah, yeah Sam's still doing a lot more training, so uh, yeah, it makes a difference. And you know, it's nice to nice to uh, remember. Uh, what a great player Walden was, but uh, yeah, I mean, you drop off your game a bit if you're not training regularly. Yeah, uh, that's just a fact, I guess. Um, all right, so let's move on to a question um, from Sam, who asks, I was thinking whether I could mix a fast blade with slow rubbers, as the next bat I get will probably be customised. This means you could start with slow rubbers. When you want fast rubbers, you can keep... Um, the blade and save money. What are your thoughts on this, Alloys? 
Yeah, so so Sam's talking about starting with a base of a, a fast um, a fast wood, um, and then and with a really slow rubber, and then just being able to increase the the speed of the rubber um, as he progresses. The only thing with that, I mean, it's a, it's a good theory. And um, the only thing with that is, I don't think that anyone or or not anyone, but you necessarily need a fast blade even at the top level. So at the top level, the, the players don't necessarily use um, a fast blade. They rely more on their rubber for their speed. Um, the, the blade gives them more of the control and the feel, and the rubber adds the, adds the speed. So um, I, I think if you get a good quality uh, blade to start off with, not necessarily fast, um, then you can start to build with your with your rubber as well. So yeah, the theory is good. You know, start with a slow rubber and then just keep the blade and and increase the speed. But I don't think you necessarily need a fast blade to start off with. Okay, Sam. So yeah, so try maybe like an all round blade, something like the King Skills Touch or you know the Steger All Round Classic or anything similar to that. There's lots of good choices available, but you'll find that. Yeah, as Alois said, with the you know all-round blade, you can control the speed with the rubbers like you were saying. So start with some slow rubbers, and then as you progress, move up. And then that blade will last you for years and years and years, as long as you look after it. So, um, yeah, good idea, but we recommend that you start with an all-round type of blade. All right, so the next question is from Akash, who says... If we play table tennis on a small table, is it helpful for us or not? What are the advantages and disadvantages? Yeah, I think it, I mean it's good as a novelty, and it can just help you with a little bit of touch, but not really. I mean, it's um, it's not something that you can really train on because you um, you can't you can't practice your top spins properly. You, uh, so the only real thing is just being able to improve your touch a little bit, but you can do that on a normal table anyway. So, but it's lots of fun. It's um, it's great fun to be able to play on a little table. And uh, I know Jeff, you're you're pretty darn good on a small table. I know. <laughs> I do like to play on a small table. It is quite fun. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and in in, um, in an office, uh, you once had a uh, office tournament, I think. Oh yes, we did have an office tournament, but I wasn't the best player there. I mean, there's some really good players who specialise on small tables. Um, Greg Linwood was um, extremely good on a small table um, compared to his normal. He was a good normal table tennis player, but he was extremely good on the small table and so very competitive guy. What 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 made him good on a small table? And like, because you you could beat him pretty comfortably on a big table, right? Um, that is a good question. Like, if I had to figure that out, I would have been able to beat him, Alloys. <laughs> yes. Um, and I think yeah, we were often using bats like that, uh, like hard bats as well. So that changed the game. So you know, I was used to playing more with the rubber, so lose some of that advantage. Um, I don't know. Good question. Need You'll to think have to. That. Yeah, you'll have to use the vault, uh, Jeffrey, and uh, work through that problem. I will, exactly. Good idea. <laughs> All right. Thomas says, Recently I played with someone with a lot of experience and my soft 
short pendulum serve won me some points. And he criticised this serve and the points I won by it. So I'm wondering if there is an unwritten rule that you're not supposed to serve like this. Uh, no, Thomas, just sounds like sour grapes to me. I think he's uh, he was just a bit upset about not being able to return that serve. No, so to Thomas was talking about doing a, a nice soft um, short backspin serve that just went over the net. Um, nah, completely, completely legitimate. Um, go for it. If you if you find a serve that someone doesn't like, utilize it. You know, you're give, you're helping them by giving them something new to learn and to to be able to. Uh, to adjust to, so yeah, there's no etiquette about that, not at all. Absolutely not, if, yeah, just keep using that serve, <laughs> absolutely, that's part of the game, Thomas, serving is a critical part of the game, and you know, the more you can improve your serve, the better, so keep working on it and keep serving it, and like Alois said, you're teaching the other guy something. He needs to learn that, and once he learns how to return those types of serve, he's going to have more fun with table tennis as well. So, um, thanks for the question, Thomas. All right, Alois. Um, yeah, Pirawit has asked, who is the best penhold player ever? Yeah, well, a, a, another good question. Um, for me, uh, Chungsi Tung. Or, um, who won three world championships in a row, 1961, 63, and 65, um, would have to be right up there because, I mean, winning three worlds in a row is pretty pretty special. Um, we've got a link there um, to a match where he's playing um, Stellan Bengston in the final of uh, the Swedish Open one year, so I think it was about 1970, so after his prime. But, yeah, good, interesting to watch a bit of footage of him um, and see how he played. Um, plays plays a little bit like we were talking about Zhang Jeliang, you know, so he gets around and tries to use forehand all the time. But it, it is interesting to go and watch that match, and we'll put the link on there between Chang Situng and uh, Stellan. So Stellan, I think, won his world championship around that time too, 1970. Um, so he was at his he was at his peak. Um, gee, the game has developed since then. Um, I mean, now if you if you if you watch the guys playing now and just top spinning so strongly on both sides. Um, yeah, it, it's a good comparison, but uh, I mean, those guys at their time were right at the top. They they were really leaders in um, in world table tennis. So yeah, it's, it's good to watch a bit of uh, black and white footage. Great. So make sure you um, visit thingshills.com, click on the table tennis blog link to find this show where you'll see all the notes and we'll have the link there. So you can go and uh, watch that match. Very interesting indeed. So um, on a related topic, um, Baswa has asked, who is the best Chinese uh, table tennis player ever? Yeah, well, I don't know. it's a hard one, isn't it? I mean, Wang Li Chin's up there. But, I mean, Chang Tung obviously is, is, you know, amazing to win three worlds in a row. Um, yeah, Wang Li Chin, I'm not sure of his exact record, but yeah, he's, he's certainly done a lot. Um, you know, quite a few worlds, and um, yeah, I don't know exactly. Mm. What, but any ideas? I mean, there's... No, so many good choices, aren't there? I mean, just over the years, they kept producing great players. It's, it's you know, yeah. you know, yeah. you were talking about Zhang Jialang winning two worlds, you know, when the Swedes were quite good, so... Compared to the competitions, excellent. Um, you know, 
Conlin, Huey had a great record. Um, yeah, Wang Lee Chin obviously up there. And then even, you know, the players playing now are, you know, very building yeah. up impressive records. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Zhang Zhi Ker, you know, um, Zhang Zhi Ker, Ma Long, geez, I mean, the list goes on and on. Yeah, if you're at the top of that pile, you're, um, you're, you're pretty good. Indeed. All right. Um, so we've got a few questions about um, bats, um, alloys, um, and Kuna Jalit has asked, what is the best table tennis bat? Ah, one that doesn't miss. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there's no, yeah, there's no one bat that's the best or not the best. Um, there are a hot, there, are, there are literally, literally thousands of options that you can choose with the wood and the rubber um, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, the, the thing is, just find a reputable um, company with a with a good name in table tennis, and you'll you'll see if they've got a, a wide range of equipment and um, and a and a you know starting from beginner all the way through. Uh, and then it's a matter of just finding the bat that's right for you. So if you go and play with a bat that um, Zhang Ji Ker's playing with, it might not suit you at all because it might be too fast or whatever. Um, but you need to find a bat that's right for you. So just just if you went and used Zhang Ji Ker's bat, you're not going to have the best machine. It's not like Formula One where you know if you if you haven't got the best car, you you can't win. So uh, yeah, just just find something that's good for you, and we've got we do have a video on that um, that we'll put a link to. Great, yeah, and it talks about different levels of bat um, compared to your level of table tennis. So watch that video. I'll put a link in the show notes. And uh, thank you also, Haroon, who asked the same question. So hopefully that helps you out as well. All right, and lastly, a big question from Brock, who says, "How can table tennis?" be a really popular sport? Yeah. And it's an interesting question, Alice, because in some ways it already is a really popular sport. Yeah, it is. It's, um, it, I think it's played in 220 countries around the world, so it's getting, getting up there with popularity. Um, yeah, and even on views on at the Olympic Games and stuff, it rates really well amongst all the sports. Yes, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think... Again, ITTF have done have started to do some really good things with their promotion of players. We we banged on about it a bit on this show about um, you know just we needing to to know more about the players and start to get a bit more um, information about them. So we start to empathise with them when they're playing, and they've started an off the table series where they interview uh, different top players get behind the scenes a little bit, get to know the players. Um, I found them really interesting. There was one on uh, Ding Ning the other day, um, and that was that was great. We got to we got to see Ding Ning um, and, you know, how she started playing. It was her mum that got her into table tennis. Um, her mum was a basketballer. Those sort of things start to help you to um, to relate to the players and and get to know uh, get to know the players. When you start watching them, you start thinking, "Wow, I want this! I want Ding Ning to win," you know, because I know a little bit about her. Um, and then, and then there's all those other things about um, 
just promoting the sport as well, isn't it? Um, you know, as far as at the grassroots or the, at the, at the uh, beginner level. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess in countries um, where table tennis is not one of the most popular sports, you know, that's really important um, at that grassroots level. Yeah. yeah. Interesting question, Brock, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, I mean, at that grassroots level, and, and again, uh, there's been a lot of development work done around the world, you know, in some really small countries to just start to introduce uh, the game to some small countries. I know in the, the Oceania region, which is Australia, New Zealand, and then um, the South Pacific Islands in general, um, a lot of work's been done on promoting the game to uh, to those smaller countries, and uh, it's paid really good dividends. You know, there's, there's a lot of table tennis being played in pockets around uh, all those countries now. Indeed. Very good. All right. Um, we've actually... Haroon's asked another question, which is interesting, because we did a little bit of filming outdoors recently, Alois, and Haroon's question is, do you have any tips... For playing in high amounts of wind. Uh, yes, don't. <laughs> it's, it's it is so difficult, isn't it? I couldn't believe just how hard it is once the wind builds up. It's really, really difficult. Yeah, in the past we've had to do um, like little exhibitions and games um, at primary schools outdoors, and I've seen just how difficult it is. Like even if there's no wind or just a little bit of breeze. Um, the ball just curves. I mean, the ball's so light, so it just curves in the air. So I, I don't have any tips at all about playing in the wind. You just, like, just don't do it. It's just too difficult. Table tennis, indoor sport. Indoor sport, <laughs> not an outdoor sport. That's right. Get indoors, and if at all possible. But I did um, actually, I did, I did actually see that um, there was, they developed an outdoor table tennis ball. Um, right. Yeah, and it was—it's just heavier. Um, I haven't actually played outdoors with an outdoors ta uh, table tennis ball. I played indoors, and it felt a bit strange. But um, maybe you can have a search search up of that. I can't even remember who made the balls. But um, when I was down at Coburg, um, Bruce Carter um, got me to have a hit with one. Oh, this was about a year ago or more, perhaps. Um, so yeah, maybe research into that. See if you can find some outdoor table tennis balls. Yes, See if that helps you at all. All right, and lastly, Alois Brock asks, how helpful is a robot? Uh, yeah, so robots are good for a particular purpose. If you haven't got a training partner um, and if you uh, want to develop just a stroke, so you know, if you want a repetitive practice of, of a technique, um, they can be good. Um, the, the newer robots are also good at um, playing the balls in patterns, so you can do um, footwork drills, etc. The, their big limitation, though, is that you are not seeing um, the other player playing their stroke and starting to adapt to what they're doing as well. So, you know, getting the cues of what uh, what's happening with their bat or their body before they hit the ball. So, yeah, in, um, in a situation where you don't have a practice partner, Great. Um, utilize the robot uh, and you know do some do the repetitive uh, learning of technique and strokes. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you everybody for your questions. That wraps up show ninety. Um, 
make sure you visit pingskills.com, sign up for our free newsletter, and look at all the great videos on there. And have a great weekend, everybody. And thank you, Alois. Thanks, Jeff. And have a good weekend, Ping Skillers. See you. Indeed. Catch you, everyone. Enjoy lots of table tennis over the weekend. Bye.